Hi, I'm Liza, and I've been reading tarot professionally for well over a decade. And this is Tarot for the Modern Reader, the podcast that will teach you simple, actionable techniques to read the cards with more clarity, accuracy, and ease, so you can get real answers to real questions for real people, including yourself, in today's modern world. Whether your readings are for guidance or prediction, I'll help you 86 the doubt and confusion and take your skills and confidence to the next level so you can become the best tarot reader you know. This is Tarot for the Modern Reader. Hello and welcome to the Tarot for the Modern Reader podcast. I'm your host, Liza, and this is episode number 33, the Ten of Pentacles as an expression of the divine feminine. So how does a card of money and wealth relate to the divine or sacred feminine? The suit of pentacles is known for its representation of money, health, assets, values, and valuables. The 10 in this suit specifically is often related to wealth, generational wealth, legacy, things we pass on of value. So where does the divine feminine come in? Well, I really want to make tarot relevant to our times. So I know that there are shows and blogs that go through the cards as episodes or, you know, blog posts, often in a sequential order. But that was never really my intent for this show. I know that many people out there are searching for that. And there are already some pretty great podcasts out there that, you know, follow this format and do this. But if you've been to my website, I've already written extensively about each of the cards. So I don't really feel like that's something I want to duplicate here. I wanted to make this show about topics that will help people, you know, read tarot better in a practical way or timely topics in tarot or the intersection of tarot and other disciplines. And this week's episode is kind of a bit of an intersection of all of these, really. I was quite pulled to talk about the Ten of Pentacles this week. Now, again, I had to scratch what I was working on this week to accommodate this topic that I think really just wanted to come through. Now, everyone has their own way of working with the cards or I guess any particular spiritual practice for that matter. And in my work with tarot and astrology, I really resonate with actively co-creating with the energies of the universe, you know, that we're in alignment with at any given time. This is no surprise, right? So that's why I often talk about working with the cyclical lunar and solar energies or, you know, those cycles. Everything in nature has a rhythm and we are also of nature. So we are nature and we also fit that rhythm. One reason that I love discussing the major arcana theme of the season, you know, as the sun changes signs, is that it gives us a cosmic roadmap for the month and our corresponding major arcana card that goes with it, you know, gives us an archetype to experience or learn from or embody. And when we're observing the energy of the minor cards that accompany each deacon we pass through, we get an even more detailed roadmap. Why does this matter? Well, 
I believe that our lived experiences, you know, the things that we do, that we go through in our life, you know, and our personal gnosis or our personal knowledge of a card gained through that personal experience is really strong. So if we study the cards as we move through their associated deacons outside of a sequential order, but in an order of a divine design, then we have an opportunity to relate our own lived experiences at that time to the inherent meanings or archetypes that are represented in the card. Now, deacons change every 10 days or so. Um, Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Deacons change every 10 days. So an episode on each deacon, as well as one on the major arcana energy for the month, would be all of the weeks there are in a month, most months. So I don't have plans at this time to devote an entire episode to each card, each deacon. However, I do think that there may be some that warrant it, as I feel this week, and other weeks it may just be part of the episode. My goal is to expand your relationship with tarot in whatever way feels right at the time and to hopefully always be finding new ways to deepen your understanding of the cards. So, Now, as we move into the third and final deacon of Virgo, we move into the Ten of Pentacles and the final week and a half of summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, today I'm going to share with you some perspectives I have on this card that I hope will deepen your own understanding of this card and also give you a background of, you know, the energy profile that we'll be experiencing now, all of us, for the next 10 days. With an attentiveness to the events in your own life, you can really, you know, further understand the energy of this card. So this is something that I try to do myself every time we move into a a new 10-day period. There's a new card that's relevant for us. Seeing the events of your life that unfold during that time gives us further insight into the card. So we remember our experiences and the things that have happened more than we remember, you know, the rote meanings that we're trying to memorize of the card. So this is a really good way to, you know, expand your, your meanings for lack of a better word, but to expand your understanding of each of the cards without having to, you know, sit down and try and memorize everything that you read. So moving on. Where do we get to the intersection of the divine feminine with this card? Well, our first clue is in the shape of the pentacles themselves. On the Ten of Pentacles card in the Rider Waite deck, we see they are in the shape of the Tree of Life. Now, just as a little side note here, this is one of very few cards in the deck where the members of the card are not interacting with the items of the suit, or at least in the pentacle suit, this is, you know, not common. It's as if the pentacle pattern has been overlaid or transposed, you know, to the card itself. The figures in the card are, you know, just unaware of this pentacle pattern that has been laid over the card. So they are in the pattern of the tree of life. And the tree of life is explained in depth in the study of 
Kabbalah, but for the sake of today's conversation, I'll share just what's relevant to today's topic without getting into too much detail. So each one of the pentacles on this card occupies a position of one of the sephiroths on the tree of life. So each one of these sephiroths is numbered one through 10. It's kind of like a globe for lack of a better word. Um, and each of these are numbered one through 10 with one being at the very top and 10 at the very bottom. So if you're picturing the 10 of pentacles card in the rider deck, then the pentacle at the very bottom of the card, that is the one that represents number t- uh, 10. So number 10 is at the very bottom and with each number, you know, they correspond to either the suit of wands, water, air, or earth. So the first three, and these are at the top of the tree, so the top of the design, the, the top three pentacles on your Ten of Pentacles card, um, they are attributed to fire, the middle three to water, and the lower trilogy set of three is to air. Now the very bottom of the card, that singular Sephiroth at the bottom, that one, number 10, is alone. This one is attributed to Earth. So unlike the others, it's not part of a set of three. All of the suit of Earth is found in this one Sephiroth. So the tens and the tarot are all attributed to this 10th sphere called Malkuth, which represents the material world. So here's where we're making this connection. Um, the 10 of pentacles is the suit of Earth. So it becomes our representation of reality. In the book, Tarot Teachings, Spiritual... Oh, no, that's not right. Tarot Wisdom. In the book, Tarot Wisdom, Spiritual Teachings and Deeper Meanings, the late author and tarot luminary Rachel Pollack says this. Kabbalah teaches that the Shekinah, the female aspect of the divine dwells in the physical world in Malkuth or in the 10th Sephiroth. The card for the 10 of earth, therefore, carries a kind of hidden beauty and spirituality. So this felt like a light bulb moment for me, and I want to share a story with you. Are you familiar with the story of Mary Magdalene? Now, before you start throwing shade or anything else for that matter, because you thought this was a podcast about anything but Christianity, just hear me out. I love a good story, don't you? Okay, so history tells us that the story of the divine feminine has been completely erased, eradicated, and rewritten. Many of us, Christian, ex-Christian, or not, Know the basic story of Mary Magdalene as an apostle of Jesus, said by the church to be saved as a prostitute. Now, when Jesus Jesus was crucified, she was said to basically go live in a cave, you know, out of sorrow for the rest of her time. Now, this story was told to devalue her, to discredit her greatest work and erase her true identity as the wife and equal of Jesus, which is how you may know him, depending on your background or otherwise called Yeshua. So she was the female Christ. His mission was one of empowerment of women and leading the way with love and compassion, the feminine way. So she was his equal. And when he died, she fled to France and continued their mission. And, you know, she was 
being persecuted all that time. So erasing her erases all of the work that she continued to do after his death and his work was in service to the divine feminine. So she really represents our earliest association with women being subjugated, the complete suppression of the divine feminine and the burning times that followed. Now the names Mary and Magdalene are actually titles Did you know this? So Mary Magdalene isn't just like her name, like her first and last name. These are titles. So Mary means priestess and Magdalene means watchtower. So the Magdalene's, because she's not the only one, she's a Magdalene. She's not the Magdalene. So the Magdalene's are the watchtowers and, you know, they're like these spiritual midwives that arrive at important times of transition in our history as we usher in new paradigms. And as we move into the age of Aquarius and the new earth, they're here now helping us birth into this new experience. So Mary Magdalene, who was Yeshua's wife and closest companion, is the female Christ and the representation of the divine feminine. What's interesting, though, is that as an aspect of the divine feminine, she represents full embodiment. So the feminine principle is all about being in the body, being in the physical body. So Mary Magdalene represents everything to do with our physical bodies and our enjoyment in the physical world. And this includes our intimate relationships. And that's why she was slandered as a prostitute. You know, whenever there's... um, a slander or, you know, anything. There's always some, you know, nugget of truth or something relatable that it relates back to, to, you know, make it believable. And because the feminine principle is the principle of embodiment and all practices of the body and enjoyment and pleasure and all of these things, you know, it was the perfect setup to slander her as a prostitute. So if we only know of her origin story, we would think that her story ended when Yeshua was crucified because in Orthodox Christianity, that's where her story basically ends conveniently. This kind of reminds me of that old movie with Julia Roberts called Sleeping with the Enemy. I know maybe you've seen it. It's kind of old, um, but so am I. So (laughs) the synopsis is that she fakes her death to escape a controlling, oppressive, abusive husband and get away. So at a time that it appears to the outside world that her story has ended, it really has only just begun. She has gone on to do her greatest work and live her greatest life after that moment. And the greatest work of Mary Magdalene, you know, this came after the death of Yeshua. She went on to do that work, you know, to advance the mission of the divine feminine and the restoration of women to their true power as her life's work until she died long after the death of her beloved. So you might still be wondering how this fits with the 10 of pentacles. Well, this is the card of the expression of the energy of the physical world. And this is where the divine feminine dwells. So we need not look any further than mother earth herself to know that. So to be clear, the energy for the next 10 days is one of a deeply feminine nature, as we know the suit of pentacles and, you know, the element of earth already are. So right now we're in Virgo energy. So Virgo is across from Pisces on our horoscope wheel and they're polar opposites. 
So we all know that Yeshua is associated with the sign of Pisces, right? That his coming was during the age of Pisces. Now, Virgo, the polar opposite, a feminine earth sign, is the perfect representation of Mary Magdalene. Now, I found this super old but still relevant tidbit in an article called Mary Magdalene in the Age of Virgo on a blog called Following Moira that shared this. Virgo is the world, the form, the matrix, the material, the embodiment, the manifest, the spirit embodied, the completion of creation. Pisces is the infinite, the pure, the vast, unmanifest, eternal consciousness and lightness, the spirit, the union, the dream. Now listen to what she says about Virgo again. But as you hear these phrases, how do they relate to you in the context of the great mother or the divine feminine? The world, the form, the matrix, the material, the embodiment, the manifest, the spirit embodied, the completion of creation. I just want to sit with that for a moment. The form, the material, the embodiment. These are all descriptions of the feminine mother energy. Now there's also the aspect of community that is often associated with this card, which is interesting because the aspect of community is a very feminine aspect to begin with. But sometimes its appearance, you know, this card's appearance can suggest finding a community that is right for you or creating one if none such exists already. And here's where, you know, this connection with the divine feminine comes in. When Mary Magdalene evangelized all of France, you know, when she was hiding away in a cave, (laughs) she knew who her target audience was, for lack of a better term. Like, this is how we would say it in today's world, you know. Who is her target audience? Well, she knew who that was. She went to where the women were already gathering, such as pagan circles. She knew that the women who were gathering in community were the women that she was meant to meet, to speak to. The message she had to share was meant for the women that were already gathering in community and sisterhood with one another, which is why this card indicates the importance of community in relation to the divine feminine beyond the typical meaning of extended family or multiple generations that we typically see with this card. Again, in Rachel's book, Tarot Wisdom, I want to share one more passage. She writes, The Pythagoreans see the ten as the highest fulfillment. What fulfills earth? Wealth and comfort, certainly, but also the ability to see the physical world in all its splendor while its own with its own imperfect perfection. So wealth and comfort, certainly, but also the ability to see the physical world in all its splendor with its own imperfect perfection. One of the gifts of Mary and Yeshua was to love and accept all just as they are, whether sick or broken. All were seen and shown love and compassion. 
The heart chakra was such an important part of their work. And this is the same Sephiroth in the Kabbalah that corresponds to beauty, just as this card has a sentiment of hidden beauty and spirituality to it as well. So wrapping this up and bringing it home, what is the meaning of this card for us, both when it appears in our readings and at this time in our lives? That this is a time to be living in the enjoyment of the fruits of our material lives. This is a time to really be present in the physical world. This is an energy of the divine feminine. So how can you fully embody your experiences? This is what the energy of the divine feminine asks us to do. This isn't a time for book learning, but for actual physical practices. Take a dance class. Laugh daily. Enjoy life in its fullest expression. Mary Magdalene was also deeply connected to tantric practices and sacred sexuality as well. So exploring these subjects is another way of exploring the expression of this energy. The Ten of Pentacles really represents so many ways that we can work with the energies of the physical world and the divine feminine if you choose to. And Mary Magdalene is really a representation of the divine feminine for our times. You know, we've had these dynamic pairings come to us all through history, whether it was back to, you know, Isis and Osiris, you know, many millennia ago back in the Egyptian days to all of the divine pairings through all of our other, you know, world religions. Every religion in every timeline has this piece of the divine feminine and masculine, the divine union, the divine pair, you know, coming and leading by example and representing these pieces of divine masculine and divine feminine. And she's really, you know, the divine feminine for our times, um, you know, probably one of our most relevant or um, latest expressions of that mother, mother earth, you know, mother uh, divine feminine energy that, that we have here. So one of the greatest ways that we can utilize that energy in addition to, you know, all of the embodiment practices and enjoying our physical world is to come back to that sisterhood, that community meaning, you know, so to be in community with your sisterhood, whatever that might look like for you. So this could be an invitation to find the places where like-minded friends or companions already dwell as Mary Magdalene did or to create the space you wish for and, you know, create the community you desire yourself. One thing is for sure, though, the Ten of Pentacles asks you to spend your time with your head out of the clouds and not in a thinking capacity, with both feet planted very firmly in the real world or in what we call reality, our material world, and to enjoy as much of it as we can here. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode and learned something new um, or a new way of relating to the cards. I know that this week's episode and my take on the Ten of Pentacles is probably wildly different from um, anything you've ever read or your you know, most common understanding of the Ten of Pentacles. But it's really my desire to 
open up the tarot and, you know, the related disciplines like astrology and whatnot in new ways, you know, to think of new things. Um, and not that I am inventing this concept, but to explore different aspects that we don't typically explore as commonly, um, you know, as some of the book meanings that we go with. The the aspect of the divine feminine being associated with this card is certainly not a creation of mine, but it's also not an aspect of the card that I feel like we explore as regularly or as often as some of the other aspects that we, uh, you know, talk about more commonly with this card. So I hope that you have enjoyed uh, this alternative perspective on the Ten of Pentacles, and I hope that it gives you a way of relating to and coming into practice with this card, um, you know, in the real world, in your life, and in your studies, and in your spiritual practice over the next 10 days as we enter, you know, the third and final Deacon of Virgo and the Ten of Pentacles energy. As always, I will see you here in next week's episode.